This is The Mandalorian Union, a podcast where married nerds Megan and Zach discuss the Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian. This is Episode 6, Chapter 5, and The Babysitter's Club. Hey everyone, this is Zach. I'm Megan. And welcome back. We are on Episode 6. Yeah. We're going to talk about Chapter 5, which puts us over halfway through the series, I believe, right? Eight episodes? It does, it does. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. That's pretty exciting. It is exciting. It's also a little sad. Mm-hmm. We only have three episodes for everything to wrap up. Right, yeah. For little baby Odito to get somewhere <laughs> safe or discover what what his purpose is in the larger Star Wars universe. For Mando to possibly fall in love and get married and just take care of little baby Odito. I wonder what Mandalorian like wedding armor looks like do you Ooh. do you put decor on your armor if you're getting married as a mandalorian mm. or do you wear a different set of armor like yeah. do you craft ceremonial armor that's maybe not for battle but it's it's different and unique and you would just wear it that one day i don't know it's a good question yeah i really feel like i really feel like our star wars our star wars people need to get on this and answer this question more weddings in star wars more especially like more weddings with armor yeah. Armored weddings. <laughs> I need I need spouses to be decked out in protective gear. Well, yeah, they're all assassins mm-hmm. or some sort of like murderous person. Right. So, yeah. Awesome. So, uh, Megan, this was chapter five. We had the bratty new, we had a, a issue with a, a ship getting repaired and a bratty wannabe bounty hunter. Yeah. What what was your favorite scene this episode? My favorite scene in this episode <clears throat> was any time that Amy Sedaris was on screen, which I did not realize it was her until we looked at IMDb, <laughs> because her hair is a starkly different color and texture than it mm-hmm. usually is. And I don't know if anybody else felt this way. I just felt like I couldn't see her eyebrows, mm. <laughs> her character's eyebrows, I guess. So she didn't look like Amy Sedaris to me. Yeah, so maybe they burned off in in uh, repair work. Maybe that would you be. Know, it's yeah. not out of the possibility. <laughs> not a <out of> possibility. <laughs> no, um, but I loved every time she was on screen. She was funny and gracious and kind and strong and. She very swiftly was like, oh, okay, there's a child involved in this situation. I will take care of this child. Yeah. I I loved that. Um, I think my favorite scene with her in it um, was the end of the episode where our fun little jerk... I just kept being like, oh, Toro, what a great name for like a fake pool fighter. He was holding baby Yoda hostage and Mm -hmm. trying to manipulate the Mandalorian. And she was so brilliant in that whole scene, almost stealing the whole scene for me. Mm. Because I know it was about like, you know, Mando taking this guy down and him having this moment of like, I have power. And then it's like, nah, dude, you dead now, Toro. Mm hmm. But she took it all very swiftly and was like, I am now being held hostage and this baby is in danger. Mm -hmm. Then, okay, he's dead. And okay, he's dead. Um, Droids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I loved her. She was a great character. She was great. She was a great character. Yeah. What was your favorite scene this episode? My favorite scene, I'd have to say, 
the approach to Fennec Shand mm. uh, when they were on the speeder bikes. Oh, yeah. When they were on the speeder bikes. Uh, well, one with the Tusken Raiders. I loved that scene, just setting yeah. them up as um, generally misunderstood. I mean, I think they've proactively shot some people, but, you know, there's Tusken Raiders who can very much be reasoned with. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to I'd love to get like a definitive story on, you know, are they, you know, were they there first? Are they indigenous? Did they right. like come around the same time as settlers and they were just, they're just xenophobic? I would love to get more uh, background on them. My favorite bit is when they're actually approaching Fennec herself and have to use the flares and the speeder bikes. Yeah, That was a really fun scene. Mm-hmm. It really felt like a bit of a showdown between, you know, Mando and his derpy sidekick <laughs> and Fennec with the sniper rifle. That mm-hmm. was pretty fun. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Nice little, a nice little um, action climax to mm. the to the episode. That was my favorite. I'd have to say. Yeah, that was a great scene. So Zach, did any scene or anything in this episode give you a really emotional reaction? Toro killing or shooting in the stomach. Let's not say she's dead. Yes. Toro, Toro shooting in the stomach. The voice of Mulan, Ming Na Wen, playing <laughs> Fennec Shand. I loved her character. <laughs> you know, she was set up as the super dangerous bounty, and mm. I loved how like calm and collected she was. Like she she played it, you know, fairly standard assassin, but I thought you know Ming Na Wen brought a great a great flavor to it. Right. And I was, and I think because of the marketing, she was played up so much mm. um, that when she got shot in the stomach, I was like, Toro is such a dumb character, like a good character in that like. I like I like his inclusion in the show generally, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh, I'm so angry at him. Right. One because I like Fennec more than I like him, and two <laughs> because I like her. I want to like her character more because she was in all the marketing. Right. Like he had a bigger part than she did in this episode, right. and Toro Calican wasn't in any of the friggin' marketing. Right. And he was just a general jerk. Like you mm-hmm. were like, oh, pick any kind of dude that has that kind of swagger or whatever mm-hmm. and around. a validation problem right and you know he was like, up, he's just yeah. after validation he hasn't gotten it from anywhere else in his life apparently right 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 so it's kind of like eh. yeah so that's i had an emotional reaction on two levels there one from like in story her getting shot and two i was kind of upset that that's the direction the story went i understand yeah. making toro a bad guy, mm. you know, shooting somebody in the stomach in cold blood. Mm. Uh, so I understand that choice. I just, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not as crazy about that choice. If, uh, if Fennec survives and comes back, mm-hmm. you know, that'll change my feelings a bit. But if they just right. kill her off, because then that's a bait and switch, right? Like, right, yeah. here's the super cool lady who's going to be a super cool assassin. And, you know, somebody else has a bigger part and now she's dead. Right, right, right. I think I would agree with you. I had a pretty emotional reaction to that mm, scene. Mm-hmm. I, I believe when we were watching it, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. No! Because <laughs> um, I also love Ming Na Wen, and I think she brought a different um, a different side to the assassin role. She was very calculated mm-hmm. and very smart. Like, she very quickly could assess what Toro's main deal mm-hmm. was. Yeah, you saw her figure it out because she was trying to offer them the, uh, him the money, but then she figured out quickly he just wanted the validation, the reputation. Right, yeah. right. And that was really smart. And she came to that pretty quickly mm-hmm. and was pretty skilled, I would 
probably imagine based on her previous history that we hear in the episode Mm -hmm. she's Um, top tier right yeah so i agree it was really it was sad Mm -hmm. so what did you like and what did you not like megan about this episode chapter five i really liked um what was our amy sedaris's character's name again uh mila tito i believe no oh pelimoto wow (laughs) Wow. <laughs> Embarrassing Zach moments that won't get edited out. Her name is Pelly Moto. Yeah, I thought I thought maybe her name was Pelly. I couldn't remember what her last name was. But mm-hmm. yeah, Pelly, um, I really, really liked her character a mm-hmm. lot. I thought she added a lot to this episode. I really liked um the Tuscan Raiders and kind of having that mm-hmm. history oh, yeah. of of them us being challenged with well, maybe we just misunderstood them. That was cool. And then I really liked when we saw in the cantina, the droids were in there. And then mm-hmm. usually it's like, oh, you know, your kind is not served. And and here's this cantina with tons of little droids being served. So I thought that was really interesting as well. Yeah. Um, was there anything you didn't like? I did. I didn't like the choice with me not win. Mm-hmm. I think. Same. I think at the end of the episode, when they show the person walking up to her, and maybe it implies that perhaps she could have gotten picked up and treated medically and then like we get to see her later on in further episodes or in an, a second season that wasn't great mm-hmm. um i think i agree with you that it kind of feels like a bait and switch yeah yeah i didn't like that either i think there would have been other ways to make toro feel evil and like a scumbag scumbag Mm. not just oh i'm bounty hunter i'll do what's necessary yeah Uh, but he felt like a total scumbag i mean one of our main characters is a freaking baby like there are ways to make somebody look like a total scumbag right right (laughs) right after that you see him holding baby yoda hostage and he's just done something really awful and like that was predictable like we knew oh okay you get you give him one you know you give him 10 seconds of he's carrying baby yoda like by an arm and everybody will freak out he'll be the most evil star wars villain of all time right you exactly know? like yeah oh, gosh. We'd, we'd have to spend all of our ming na wen cash in one place <laughs> like, yeah yeah uh. so that's my answer for what i didn't like so i'm gonna jump straight to what i really liked okay good what did you like i loved the opening oh. to the show our whole setup for the reason for this episode the ship is damaged mm-hmm. where where we jump straight into the Mandalorian in a ship-to-ship battle, and this fighter is on his tail. It's obviously <laughs> a more agile ship, right? Like, in the shots, it's spinning. Right, 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 right. Like, the other ship is spinning, firing at him. He's taking a couple hits. Obviously, his ship is, you know, fairly chunky. You know, it can take a few hits. <laughs> That's a cool trick, spinning. Mm, right. <laughs> and so he, you know, has to... He pulls the brakes and manages and... Manages to get the upper hand and says, oh, no, that's my line. Because the other person said, the, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. And he got to reclaim <laughs> reclaim that line as he shoots the person. That was really funny. What I also noticed on our second watch of the episode is that Mando fires only once. Mm. This other dude is just pew, 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 just firing all over the place. Mm. Mando hits the brakes, says, that's my line, fires one blast. 
and just incinerates the dude. Expert. So I loved that as a setup for this is a self-contained episode, right? Like right. the one before it. Mm-hmm. The these episodes will be bookended by episodes that move the main core story along, having to do with the Mandalorian taking care of a mysterious child. Mm. But I did like the setup for here is what the problem is this episode. Problem number first episode was we need a place to hide. Problem yeah. this episode was my ship is my ship is not space worthy anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are these yeah. obstacles to wherever he's trying to go. Yeah. Mandalorian. I yeah, I loved that opening scene. I loved Amy Sedaris's character and her little droids. Uh so cute. That opening scene I felt really set a tone. Yeah. I really liked it. It was fun. Yeah. So, Megan, what questions do you have after watching this episode? I want to know if our friend Pelimoto has, Mm. like, children or something. Because it seems like she has really good babysitting experience. Because you know who doesn't? (laughs) Um, Would that be... Let me me guess here. Um, Hmm. Okay, give me three guesses. Okay. The Mandalorian. Yes. Oh, (laughs) yes. My gosh, I mean, he is He's terrible. Terrible. Like, why would you leave a child? This is another question I have. Dear Mando, why would you leave a child alone asleep somewhere so that when they wake up, they can't find you? They can just walk off the ship. And they're, they're like agile and cognitive enough to figure out how to get off the ship. Mm-hmm. You have landed this ship on a planet that is notorious for not being safe. Mm-hmm. Why on earth? And he's very lucky that our friend Pelly was there mm-hmm. to take care of baby Odito. Mm-hmm. Like very lucky. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so, yeah, answer that for me. Right. The Mandalorian has his bounty hunting license, but not his babysitting license. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, do you have any questions, Zach? Just the one uh, we've been mentioning before. Mm. Is Fennec Shand Mm. alive? Yeah. I want to know if she's alive. Now, unfortunately, her reason for maybe coming back into the story, well, one of them. I think she's got two reasons they might bring her back into the story. Well, one would be she would want revenge on Toro Calican, who is now dead. Sure. And maybe she doesn't figure that out. Uh, and two would be she has met the Mandalorian mm. and seen him mm-hmm. and now might hunt him down. Yeah. You know, um, although that would that would be tricky because I don't think you can turn a bounty in when there's a giant bounty on your head. But she oh. perhaps might hunt him down. Um, yeah, that's my question is, is she alive? I would just like a definitive one, answer one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. And especially because Dave Filoni directed this episode, it's sort of like that episode in Rebels where Ahsoka... Like, you're like, what happens to her? Mm-hmm. And you don't know for, That's like, right. a season and a half. Mm-hmm. And then you know. So now I'm like, okay, well, any of you going to Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim, can you please wear a, you know, Finnick Lives right. t-shirt for us? <laughs> yes. Yes. When we finally open that uh, merch store that I've been working on, we'll have Finnick Lives t-shirts. We're going to have a merch store? Oh, that was a, that was a joke. Okay. <laughs> No, no merch store. But if you make a Fennec Lives shirt, definitely uh, let us know. We'll buy it. Mm-hmm. Totally. All right. Totally. And something happened for the first time. Yeah. Very recently. 
very exciting. Um, so we received a transmission from someone. That's right. Our first transmission from a listener over email. Yeah. yeah. We've gotten a few kind words from people. This is the first uh, of instance of somebody sending questions into the show. These are uh, from my old friends, Sam and Michelle. They live up in Virginia near the D.C. area. They've got two adorable kiddos. woo um, I have known them. Actually, I think I've known both of them since before they... Oh, no, no. Michelle had just started attending the church we went to. I've known them for most of their relationship, um, if not their whole relationship. And they are they are lovely people. It was a thrill to uh, get this email from them. Yeah. So they sent in three questions. We'll go through them a bit more quickly than we go through our main questions. But they sent in a few. Number one, they ask, if this is supposed to be only five years after the return of the Jedi, how has the Empire fallen from grace so quickly i have what i think is my own solid answer but megan Mm. what do you think well i happen to know a lot about history and war and when there's a big revolution such as the rebels winning over the empire in Mm -hmm. the galaxy i think something a lot of people underestimate is the common people and what their thoughts are about being occupied and Mm -hmm. all of those other things Um, You know, whether or not they actually participated in the rebellion doesn't really matter at that point. I'm sure there were a lot of common people, and you can read this in a lot of Star Wars um, canon books now, um, and in EU, that occupied worlds and settlements by the Empire. The common people were not really excited about being occupied a lot of them Mm -hmm. faced really terrible circumstances the more prominent people with more money on the planet fared better so it wasn't really different than before yeah (laughs) they were occupied um so they weren't they weren't cool with it so it doesn't surprise me that the empire has fallen from grace that quickly especially places like the outer rim where they didn't really have a huge reach and that's mm. primarily where oh. we spend our time in the show yeah maybe no, they don't have as much of a consistent presence out there they just occupy mm. whatever strategic um so it sounds like the empire falls so the basic governmental structure you know is kind of without a, a head at least and then that's the the people's chance to resist the rule more effectively right yeah um, that's great. My my main reason I would say that the Empire is ineffective just five years afterwards is because the Empire uh, was ruled through fear. Mm. Everybody was more afraid of the person above them, and death was a pretty common punishment. Both we see that in you know literature, aside from Darth Vader choking people or the Emperor doing so, that you know you might be um, exiled to a barren planet or just shot. Or something by uh, by a imperial rival. So I think without the head fearmongers, Vader and the Emperor, I think the whole system falls apart, and people either one leave because they are finally getting their chance to desert the Empire, or two run away because they don't think the Empire is going to be stable enough to keep them employed. And a rebellion just won, and they were a part of the enemy organization, no matter how evil or mild they were. You know. Yeah. So I think I think the fear falls apart as far as how the yeah. the empire was run there. So the second question is for the new knowledge of the Mandalorians, do you think fans should ignore the Star Wars Rebels or Clone Wars portrayals of Mandalorians or are these complementary? 
Hmm. And I have my own thoughts on that too. But Zach, what do you think about that? I think I think all the I think all of our instances of Mandalorians are complementary. I think this is a representation of a culture that may have changed over time, or this particular set of Mandalorians that are hiding around do things differently than other Mandalorians. Um, it does sound like there are very, very few. So even in the times of Rebels and Clone Wars, most of those people have probably died um, in you know whatever the purge was that we've heard mentioned. Um, but I think this is a fair question because of the way Star Wars has done world building before. Traditionally in Star Wars, you see one person and they are the archetypal person of their culture or their species mm. or their job. Right. You know, you meet that person and then everybody from their planet is like them and that defines their whole planet. Sort of like Gungans in um, The Phantom Menace and mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones. Yeah. We're you used... assume that all the Gungans are kind of stupid and derpy. Right. And it's all one dimensional. Right. Yeah. Now, I think Jar Jar was a bit of a, a, bit of a standout. You see Gungans that, you know, fight very well. And are very diplomatic. And are very diplomatic. Uh, But we're used to these things being one-dimensional, so it's a totally fair question, I think, Mm -hmm. to initially think, well, actually, no, this makes no sense, but they're just finally getting to um, nuance. Right, (laughs) right. Which is not usually a a big Star Wars uh, tactic is having a nuanced culture or storyline. It's important to note, Mandalore is is a system of planets and like a cluster so mandalore is a a planet individually as well as a system lots of different planets um, from the mandalore system lots of different people groups and tribes and uh, clans that are a part of it so um yeah i think that they are they are complementary and with rebels and clone wars we're just seeing different instances of those cultures yeah and our last question from Sam and Michelle, what are the odds of the Mandalorian showing his face in the series? Megan, do you think <laughs> we'll see it? <laughs> um, no, I don't. Mm. Mm. I, I agree. If I had to bet one way or the other, I wouldn't say I'm more than 60% sure, but I would have to say no. I don't think we're going to see his face. I'm pretty confident we're not going to see his face in the first season, if at all, ever. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. No, no. it's a good. I think it's a good choice. I think it's a good choice. Um, and lastly, this is, to be honest, the most exciting part of the email yes. that Sam and Michelle sent me. So our blurgs, two of them now have been named by Slam and Michelle. Mm-hmm. We thank you. Mm-hmm. And the first name that we have chosen from their suggestions, Blurgalicious. Mm-hmm. Blurg number one is Blurgalicious. Yes. Blurg number two... Yo-Yo Blurgma. Yes, I love <laughs> Yo-Yo Ma. If you've ever seen The West Wing, the episode where Donna is like running around screaming about how much she loves Yo-Yo Ma. Just that is me. Mm-hmm. I welcome love him. To, welcome to The West Wing yearly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that is me. I love, I love Yo-Yo Ma. So that is great. Yo-Yo Blurgma. And... We don't have a name for our third blurg. Mm-hmm. We'll save that for uh, somebody else. So if you've got a good blurg name, tag us on Twitter, send us an email, hit us up, hit us up. We've got one more blurg to name. Yes. So, so we'll please, be. Re- please help us name this blurg. Yes. Yeah, we've got one more. We've got one more. Remember, they're all girls. All lady blurgs. All yeah. lady blurgs. And they're sweet. They're very sweet. 
And diseased, apparently, but very sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. We are Zach and Megan of the Mandalorian Union Podcast. Our podcast art features cosplay by Bethany, who is at beer underscore fet on Instagram and Twitter, and photography by Rebecca, who is Rebecca Joy Photo on Instagram. Please email us at mandounionpod at gmail.com and send us thoughts, questions, and discussion prompts. We're also on Twitter as at mandounionpod. If you enjoy the podcast, give us a rating and share it with friends. 